It's time to become a member of Playvolution HQ and Exploration's Early Learning. There's a free option and three paid patron-level options. All come with free stuff and ongoing automatic training and merch discounts. For as little as a dollar a month, you can become a patron. That supports our work and you get premium stuff like early access to fresh podcast episodes. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash membership or click the link in this episode's description to learn more. All the cool listeners are doing it. On with the show. Welcome to the Child Care Barn Girl Podcast, the world's longest running and most prolific early learning podcast with the words bar and grill in the title. I'm Jeff Johnson, with you live from upstairs studio in the snuggery along the Gulf of Mexico from suburban, the, sub, the, the suburban jungle of Newcastle, New South Wales. Um, Nicole Halton from Inspired EC. How you doing, Nicole? I'm great. How are you? I'm delightful. Saw a thing on the beach the other day, some play um, that that I wanted to to describe. I'm walking along the beach. There is a a, a young woman sitting in her, her 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 beach chair right down there, close to the shore, and the the waves are lapping, and that's a beautiful day. And she's she's looking at her her companion, a uh, young dude. I'm, I'm guessing early twenties is what they both are. And he is doing this thing where he is standing in the surf and letting his feet sink down into the sand until they're completely covered and then trying to leap out. Um, and it's not working. If if he lets like just the top of his feet just barely get covered, then then he can successfully do this. But if they if, if his feet get any deeper, um, he can't jump out and he keeps trying and he has this look of this is really, really fun for me on his face. And she is mid eye roll um, no. <laughs> because because apparently she thinks he's a, a, a basically a toddler. Um, and and what and, and it, it, the look on her face. Um, look, I've seen the look before. It, it's a look of what am I doing with this man child? Um not not that I've seen the look directed at me, but um, oh, um I've, I've, I've seen I've seen the look. Um, ever ever played? Because I I've I've played a version. I've I've tried this. Um, it's a fun thing. Anything? Have you ever given this a go? I don't I don't know if I've done the attempting to jump out of it, but there is something. It's far more relaxed my version, but there is something therapeutic about. Ooh. And that's a nice feeling. You just, but it's you, funny you, you just say fr- that actually, because the other day we were on our way to take you, my you daughter just, to Netball. You just froze. You time. You you froze up when you started saying. Oh, don't freeze. Don't freeze. Um, Am I back? You're back. Um, but when you started talking a second after you started talking, you froze. So I'm not sure oh, no. that that. That's that's just how cold it is here in Australia today. <laughs> the, the internet is freezing. Really bloody cold. Yeah. Um, so the other day we were um, 
taking my daughter to netball and there was a couple that were crossing the road in front of us at the like the pedestrian crossing and they were probably well they would have been older than tw early 20s i'd say they were more 30s and he was doing he had like a wheelie suitcase and i don't know why he had it but he had this wheelie suitcase and he was kind of twirling with it and flinging it around and doing these little dance maneuvers as he went across the road. And we were just kind of watching him. And then I kept watching as they walked past and the woman that he was with ended up like whacking him on the arm, taking the suitcase and <laughs> like wheeling it herself. And I'm like, Oh, he was having such a good time. I'm like, she was just like, you're an idiot. Like you could almost hear her say you're an idiot. And I thought that's just so common. Like that is so common that, you know, I think like young men tend to be that bit more playful still. It's like they hold on to it a bit longer, whether that's got to do with the brain development stuff, but it's like they They're hold on to it. No, I don't know what it is, but I like it. Like I like that there's still that element of playfulness and silliness because, I don't know, life's pretty boring if you don't have it. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I'm going to, when we're done, maybe I'll go down to the beach and see if I can jump out of the sand. Um, so we are talking about um, security items. Where do you want to start? Uh, um, well, I've got a, a good story about a security item. We had a little girl that um, used to come to our service and she was probably about two and a half, I suppose, at the time. And she used to bring this little soft doll thing and it went everywhere with her around the service. And we had educators who were like, it needs to go in her bag. It needs to get put into her bag. And she was quite, you know, quite teary on and off throughout the day. She was struggling to settle. And so I was like, just let her keep it. Like, it doesn't really matter. I'll let her keep it. And she didn't let it out of her sight. And so I wasn't worried about it getting lost or anything like that. And then this one day she finally started to settle. And so she then started to leave at places she'd forget about it. She'd put it down when she was playing and she'd forget about it. And then you'd sort of find it and go, oh, there's Olivia's doll. And, you know, you'd go and give it back to her. And then this one afternoon, her dad arrived to pick her up and he said to her, have you got, you know, your doll, whatever it was called. I can't remember. It's too long ago. But he said, have you got your doll? And no, she didn't. And we said, well, where is it? And I said, I haven't seen it for a while, actually. I said, I picked it up a few times this morning. I said, but I haven't seen it. We checked her bag. We you know, checked a few of the common places. And then um, one of the educators said, oh, she had it down at the sandpit earlier. And I'm like, oh, are you sure? She's like, yeah, definitely. And so we go down to the sandpit, have a look around, expecting to find it around the edge of the sandpit or just kind of nearby in the garden or something no it wasn't there and so she started to become quite distressed and then dad was quite distressed because he's like oh my gosh she can't sleep without it tonight's going to be absolute hell so he dug out the entire sand pit to find this doll it literally took him an hour and a half to dig out the sand pit and find the doll it was soggy because she'd buried it so deep the sand pit was about a meter and a half deep he'd buried it so deep that it was damp and sandy and whatever but her face, when he found it, she was absolutely delighted. Um, but we then had a really long conversation with her about whether or not maybe her doll should stay in her bag um, after she'd sort of arrived in the morning and sort of settled in and whatever. But, yeah, it's like that was probably one of the most challenging security item incidents. And because of 
situations exactly like that, a lot of programs don't allow those things to be to be brought to the program. I've been I've been doing a, a review of of program handbooks, and I've got got about 120 that I've I'm going through. I'm about halfway halfway through taking a deeper dive into them right now, and a lot of them have this uh, have policies on items from home that are like, hey, nope, don't bring them. Um, and yeah. I've, I've got mixed feelings about that because sure for the ease of running an early learning program logistically for the adults, for the caregivers and the parents, that is probably a good choice for the children. I'm, I'm not so sure. What do you think? Yeah. And that's exactly, you know, and we kind of had that exact conversation as a team particularly after that scenario, um, sure. you know, we, we kind of talked about it. What do we do here? Because what are the options? The options are that we say, okay, no no items from home at all. Um, and then you've got these couple of children in particular who had things that they were particularly attached to. We have one little boy who was attached to a pair of his mum's satin pyjamas and he carried them with him all the time. And you know, if he so much as put it down for a millisecond, I had educators who'd be like, oh, he's put it down, that's it, it needs to go away and, you know, just pounce on it. And sometimes he'd come back to it, you know, he put it down while he felt comfortable and confident with something, but then you'd see a little shift in him, something would happen or he'd go and want to go play somewhere else and he'd pick it up and take it with him because it was that, you know, it, it was a security blanket, like it was a thing that made me feel safe. And I think, you know, what what then is the the outcome if we say okay they can't have that do they cry all day who's that going to benefit you know it's definitely not going to benefit me as an educator I don't want to listen to them crying all day I don't I don't have time to sit and cuddle them and you know be that human security blanket because that's what often happens it's like if I don't have my own thing then I need physical contact I need that security or I'll you know I have one little girl who used to sit at the door and she'd cling on to the door for hours in the morning because that was the secure thing and you know like I think the alternative is not great particularly for children because we've got you know crying extended periods of crying then we've got heightened levels of cortisol like it's just not it's not what we want for children we need them to feel safe and secure and for some children they need something else external to help them do that. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if our job is, is meeting those lower level Maslow needs for safety and security, um, then having those things seems to be necessary for at least a small subcategory of children for, for making that possible. So, um, look, coming up with the policies and procedures that are going to make that, that easy or on staff might be a challenge, but I think having having policies in place and ways of keeping that stuff halfway safe that allow for them to to enter the program is a a much more child friendly choice than outright yeah. banning them. Yeah, um, and it's interesting in um, when I because I wrote about this a while back on our website and. I quoted something, uh, Goddard 2014, I can't find my exact little reference, what was it? It was an article called More Than Just Teddy Bears. Um, 
and it was on psychology today and Goddard said, if taken in context as part of human development, if the object thought to make one stronger and more resilient in the face of difference and trauma is removed or denied access to, it can actually create more anxiety and discourse. So, you know, it kind of talks about that if we remove it, you know, and, and I think what we're doing is saying we're dismissing the feelings of the child like, you know, oh, well, it shouldn't be that bad that they need to have this thing all day, you know, like they should be, yeah, it's, I think we we do kind of dismiss the feelings that they've got, you know, and not all children need something, not all children have something, you'll find it's probably few and far between that actually do, um, but yeah, when we take that away, we actually increase the anxiety and can yeah. probably perpetuate that, and I know, you know, I've had parents in the past who have been worried about their child having you know, a security item or whatever. And I'm like, I'd like to remind them they won't be 24 and still walking around with that pair of ratty pajamas. Like, they're, yeah. you know, chances are they'll part with it when they're ready and when they feel secure. Yeah, yeah. And look, an another spin I, I like to put on it is what if those same programs banned all of the security items that, that their staff showed up with? Yes. Um, because my, my experience is, uh, staff don't like being separated from their cell phones or their cigarettes or their, their, their beverage bottles or, or whatever, whatever it is. If, if we start taking <laughs> those security items away from, from adults, we, we create a anxiety and stress in those adults too. Um, yeah. so, so why are those, those security items okay for the adults to have in the space, but not, not for the, the little people who are, who are very brand new to the world and, um, not as, as wired for self-management and self-regulation and self-soothing as adults are, are supposed to be. Yeah. And it's funny you say that about, you know, phones in particular, you know, you put an adult in a new situation around a whole bunch of people that they don't know. And a large portion of adults will end up on their phone. They'll be looking at their phone or doing something. They'll busy themselves with it because it's mm -hmm. uncomfortable. They're not sure what to do. They're not sure, you know, it's a new uncomfortable situation. And so children with their comfort items are exactly the same. It's like, I've got my bear. I don't need to worry about what else is going on. I can hold on to my bear. I can fiddle with its ears or, you know, whatever. That's that's my safety net. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think we very quickly forget that, you know, or, or overlook the fact that we're actually probably quite reliant on things as well. You know, sometimes our security might be a person, you know. Tasha and I often used to joke that she's my icebreaker when we go to like an event or something because <laughs> it takes well, it takes me a while to warm to people. Like I need, I'm an introvert and I like to, you know, I'm much better in one-to-one -one or small groups, but you take me to a big event and I've got to go and meet people and socialise and network or, you know, those sorts of things. And I'm like, oh, gosh, come along, Tash. Tash will start the conversation. Once the conversation started and I feel like, yep, okay, this is a safe conversation, I can start talking, I'm fine then, but I need that icebreaker. And, you know, it's it's a weird thing, but I think when we can admit to that and go, hey, we've all probably got our things that we we need, you know, probably not all. Some of us are far more extroverted and not concerned at all by new situations. But, you know, with children in particular, you know, you think about, your littlest ones, you know, particularly your sort of two-year-olds, that's, you know, with 
tend to see it a lot around that sort of age. But even, you know, as they get a little bit older, some of the children that tend to be just a little bit more anxious or, you know, they're coming to a place for the very first time, it's it can be scary. And I think when we say, well, actually, no, we've just got a blanket ban on those things, um, that's a dangerous place to be in. Yeah, yeah. And and so well, I've been reading through these handbooks. I mean, there there are programs that that even with with infants and toddlers um in at, at rest time don't don't allow those those items. Um and I think that is an over exaggerated um uh, safety precaution in terms of things like SIDS, um, and because they're not supposed to have any items in the crib. And so yep. that means your special blankie or your teddy bear doesn't go in the crib with you. Um, so that 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 can be really stressful for for those little humans. But I think in the infant toddler room, those items are a little bit easier to manage um, if you if you do allow them because you're you're in more there. There's usually more caregivers and you're <laughs> usually in, in closer contact with them. Uh, yep. So it's it's the the items don't get lost so much, but when you get into the into the like the three and four year old room and you have those items, there there is the probability that they're going to get buried in the sandbox or lost or ripped or broken or or whatever, and and that is a concern. But also, I think at that age, most kids at that age can comprehend the consequences of leaving those things laying around. And and so if you, yeah. you start building policies that, hey, your bear needs to go, if your bear's not going to be in your hand, it needs to go in your cubby, those kind of things. And that's not going to be yeah. 100% um, in, in keeping things secure, but most kids, most of the time when they're three, four, five can, can kind of manage that a little bit better, can't they? I think so. I think most children, once they know, you know, that, they've they know they've got access to it I think when you when they're that little bit older you can have that conversation with them where it's like yeah if you need it sure but when you don't need it a safe place to put it would be blah you know let's make sure it goes back here because I'm worried that you know it might get lost and then you'd be really upset it's less about you know I think sometimes I've been with educators in the past who've made children feel bad almost for having it and then like well when they've put it down they're like well you obviously don't need that so go and put it away and it's like well okay they obviously don't need it right now but they needed it before and yeah. you know we know that about children that they will just drop things where they are um you know they're not always great at putting things away and sometimes they need a reminder and it's a kind reminder which is designed to say well hey I you know I care about your thing I want it to stay safe so that you have it when you need it. Here's a good way to do that. Here's somewhere safe that you can put it or, you know, like let me know if you need to go back inside and put it away or whatever. But rather than kind of making them feel bad for even having it in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as, as we've been talking about this, I've been thinking back in the day, Tasha was kind of um, the security item repair person. Um, because when, when, when teddy bears, you know, got a rip, she was the one that, uh, um, yeah, that stitched them up and, and, uh, blankets would, would wear so thin from all the, all the rubbing that they would, they would have to have another fabric backing put on. And, and so for, for kids in, in the programs we worked in for, for years, she, I, I, I couldn't imagine how many of those things that she, she, uh, did hospital work on um those those well-loved auto items to restore them for kids and i think a, a couple times i think 
you know, blankets would get so worn that there were only sections of them could be saved. And she, I, I what, what happened? I think a, a kid had like a bigger blanket and it was getting all tattered around the edges. And she, she, she added fabric to it, but then and ended up doing kind of a split job so that that part of it, they made a smaller version yeah. of it out of the original material. So she had one to, to keep at our place or, or something like that happened out of this, out of this yeah. bigger hunk of fabric the kid drug around so um those, well, see, those and that's items... another point that is another point too about having multiple things sure i know um my eldest had like this um little soft raggy doll thing and we he lost it he used to sleep with it all the time when he was little he used to carry it around everywhere it was like it used to get a bit gross and so you'd wash it and whatever and in the end we found them again and because someone had bought it for him when he was born and so then we're like oh we need to track it down so we tracked them down and we're like we'll get an extra one and then we're like should we just get one extra one should we get two extras just in case and so it was helpful having the extras having said that one of them is still in the box and we've decided to keep it in the box and give it to him for like his 21st birthday or something when he has a kid yeah <laughs> maybe yeah, I think that I think that's an excellent parent pro tip when when the and and look, um you do, you don't get to pick what kids are going to decide are no. are their 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 security items. Um we tried to do that with ours and and uh you don't you don't get to decide. They decide. But once they do do that deciding, if you could pick up a couple a couple replicas and then and then you want you want to make sure though that you you trade them out because you can't pull the brand new fresh one out of the box no. because it's not gonna have the same smell on it. It's not gonna be covered in drool. Um That's and so right. So over time, you got to You've just got to every every couple of days, you got to rotate them so they wear evenly. Um, but then you've always got that backup in the in the safe at home for when the uh, for for when one one gets lost. I think that'd be a great idea. Um, I think so, and I think particularly for you know early learning services, if they've if the child's got two, you're not as stressed then about sure. you know one going walk most of the time, other than when they're buried a metre and a half in the sandpit, they don't disappear completely. They're usually around somewhere, but it yeah. may take time to find it. You know, they've put it down somewhere. They've put it in something, you know, particularly if they're kind of schemering and they're posting things, you find them posted in through the stove in the home corner or, you know, like you'll find them in strange places. But having that backup, I think, relieves some of that anxiety and worry about well what if they lose it while they're here um and you know I think going back to that not being worried about them having it forever because they won't have it forever you know and, like and, and if they do um so what but, but because look if they're still carrying their their special teddy bear around them when they're 24 years old they're probably being fairly discreet about it just because yes. that's the way the world works um, uh, but, it, and if they're not uh, more power to them, I mean, you, yeah, I mean, the rest of us have our phones or whatever it is that, that our things are, um, having the, having the multiples also makes uh laundry day a little bit easier because every once yeah. in a while you got to clean those things and having mm -hmm. a, having a backup they can keep in their hands while the, uh, the other is, is getting cleaned is, is not a bad idea. It makes life a little bit easier. So unless you have a child sitting under the clothesline, just waiting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> drip, drip, drip. <laughs> what, did you have a, a security item when you were a kid? I don't know if I did. I've got like um, a lot of 
different toys and stuff. Actually, one of my security items might have been um, a pair of red glasses, plastic glasses with no lenses in them, because, and I wore them everywhere because my brother um, had glasses for since he was like 12 months old and I always wanted glasses and I'd go to the optometrist and, you know, virtually demand I was about like 18 months old and I'd virtually demand that I get glasses and because I did not need glasses um, my mum got me these red framed glasses and I was very attached to them and you can see them in some of my preschool photos and things so I obviously <laughs> did take them to a lot of places but I don't think I really had anything else like a, a an actual comfort item as I say I know my eldest did um, but I don't oh, and my middle child hers was her dummy that was her comfort item and i know who um tasha's uh, for told american me. listeners a dummy is a pacifier right oh a pacifier sorry yes um yeah. Tasha, tasha's son tom who's now like 22 he used to when he was at preschool and we were both working there he would sleep with a dummy in his mouth and one in each hand and that was very much a comfort thing for him he needed to have one in each hand it was almost like a backup you know he thought I don't know what's going to happen to this one that's in my mouth, so I'm going to have one in each hand. So, yeah, those those can definitely be a, a comfort thing, and they they were for my my middle child that it was very hard to part with. Yeah, and and the dummies, the pacifiers, that's kind of a hard one because you you want them to break up with those at a fairly early mm -hmm. age because of their teeth. Their um, teeth and their language development, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and so so uh, another pro tip, young parents, if you can avoid the uh -huh. pacifier dummy becoming their their go-to comfort item try to avoid that because um it's just yeah, hard it's, to get rid of yeah yeah kind of like the adults who are attached to their their vaping rigs or their cigarettes it's kind of a hard hard thing <laughs> yeah. to break up with or their phones um ah. that, that's so do you have one now do i have a comfort item yeah i don't think so as i said i think tash is my comfort item when it comes to social situations um, but other than that, no, I don't think so. I, I'm not that attached to physical things. So no, I don't, I don't think I do. Do you have yeah. one? I had a, I had a bear that I remember when I was young and then it just hung around when I got older. And then I remember being like seven or eight and throwing it away. Cause I was just done with oh. it and thought it was a baby. That was a baby thing, but baby. that was my, 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 my thing. And I don't think I, I don't think I ever carried it around, but I can I think I slept with it and, and, uh, and and kind of rubbed its ear, you know, going to sleep or that kind of thing when I was probably, you know, two, three, four, five years old. And then I was done with it. Right now I would I would guess my my comfort item is uh is Slinky Dog. Um be mostly or maybe I'm I don't know if he's my comfort item or if I'm his comfort item. But yeah. uh as I as I stand here recording his his he's pushed up against me and is getting his head scratched right now. And Aww. uh I, I do find his his big floppy ears comforting. So I think that's probably the closest I have right now to a comfort item. My dog's ears are like that too, because you've rubbed them and they're like soft yeah. and yes, yeah. there's something really comforting and relaxing about that. Yeah. That's very yeah. important. But I think yeah, when I get uh, I, I gotta cover his ears while I say this. I think when Slinky passes away, I might uh might save one of his ears, make it into a keychain or something. My my whoopee. Um Slinky. Shh, nobody. I'd never do that. Um the podcast is taking a weird turn now. Um I'll just prop what I'll what I'll probably do is get another another dog with, <laughs> with floppy, with floppy ears. ears. 
find somebody with a, another dog with floppy ears. But I, I guess Tasha is also my security item too. I don't think I could. I can't. I can't go long stretches being separated from her. And if somebody, I was if somebody say, rub her floppy ears, like it's yeah, not quite yeah, the same. No, yeah, no, no, uh, no, not the floppy ears. But um, I, I think if somebody buried her in the sandbox, for example, I'd be very concerned. Yeah, if she. If she if she turned up if if she like went out and didn't come back I would uh, I would panic if I if I lost her around the snuggery here um, I I think I'd be really concerned so I keep a good eye on her um, put one of those um, those uh, GPS tracker things on her just so I <laughs> you know, yeah I can always pull her up on my phone in case I get worried hey listeners if you have any thoughts about security items. Or if you just want to reach out and tell me that this podcast is your security item, because I can totally see that happening, uh, voicemail or text to 228-363-6737. Let us know what you're thinking. Um, final thoughts before we wrap it up, Nicole? No. Um, no. Anything you want to, <laughs> anything going on at e Inspired EC that you want to plug, or we just send people to the website over there to take a squiz? Yes, squiz, come and squiz at the website. I'm going to need to give you some more Australian words. I didn't even realize that was an Australian slang. I, I just I thought it, that was something that people said. but uh, Not uh, not here, um, but it's just fun to say, squiz. It is, squiz, take squiz. Squiz, squiz. The other one's a sticky oh. beak. Come and have a sticky beak. Who the what? Yeah, so if you're going to come and have a look at our website, which is www.inspiredec.com, you could come and have a sticky beak at our website. I don't know what that is. A sticky just, it just beak? Just come just come and have a look. A sticky beak. Like like a beak on a bird, but it's a sticky. St a sticky beak. A sticky like like sticky, sticky yeah. A sticky yeah. beak. Yeah. <laughs> you you Australians, you're some weird people. There's uh, a sticky a beak. Go and, have, go and have a look. Usually if you How does that become beak. how how does that become something that means that? I don't know. I don't know where it comes from, but it's Words just a, are weird. It's an Australian thing that, and you usually do it if you're like going to have a look at something that's really probably none of your business. So you're going to uh -huh. go and have a sticky beak. I'm going to go and have a sticky beak over the neighbor's fence and see what's going on. Okay, because I okay okay, so I can see birds walking around like like the the way the beach birds walk around and they got their their, their little beaks are all over in the place and sticking Maybe. into other yeah. Huh. I don't know. I don't know where it came from, but I just know listeners, that's listeners, if you know the origin of the Australian slang term sticky beak, voicemail or text to 228-363-6737, because that'll be a lot easier than me looking it up on the internet. This has been the Child Care Bar and Grill podcast, the world's longest running and most prolific early learning podcast with the words bar and grill in the title. Back soon. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.